Welcome to Really Nikki, created by myself, Nikki Carpenter. I'm a writer and actress, and every week we'll discuss what's happening on the red carpet, TV and film and theater reviews, and also share upcoming projects. Y'all ready? Lights, camera, action. Hello, I am back. Okay, y'all. So last week, I intended on recording the podcast and I looked at everything I had to do and I was like, I'm not going to be able to do it. So I had multiple auditions um, last week. And if you are an actor um, in this world, you know that like, Memorizing monologues in like one to two days um, takes a lot of work. And one in particular wanted me to, um, they sent me the sides on Wednesday and I had to have it to them um, by midnight on Friday. And so um, I took a day to just like memorize the lines and then I took the next day to like actually um live with what I was saying. And so that just took a lot out of me. And so usually I try to record on Wednesday, but that Wednesday, it was just like, I need to just really hone in and focus on this. And then I had another audition prior to that. And so, um, that was that. Um, <clears throat> and now this week it's just, okay, let it go. I find myself, um, checking the email and just trying to see like, okay, did I, did I book it? Did I book it? But then I hear my coach in my head saying, you got to let it go. So like literally a huge chunk of acting is just auditioning. And so, um, it doesn't mean you're booking, it's just auditioning. And so I am trying to get that in my head. And then also just, um, so many other things that I'm trying to um, get in my head is that, you know, it has been no work for a whole year um, thanks to COVID. And so I am just getting back into the world of like auditioning. If I book something, that's good. But literally, I just need to like get back into the role um, into the, the notion of like auditioning, like getting my mind and my body like used to being in front of the camera and memorizing lines and living and all that good stuff. And so I was a little rusty for sure. Um, that's one. And then one of the things that I did audition for, um, it is another virtual show, which I am grateful for virtual shows, but um, I'm, I'm struggling because I know that's not the real world. Like once the world opens up, I'm going to be on stage with these people. Hopefully I'm going to be on set with these people. And so, um, I am sort of kind of ready for that. Like I, I want to send casting like a little note and say, Hey, I am fully vaxxed and I, I'm ready to come to set. I will come to set. I will come to the theater. I will come to wherever you need me to come. I don't want to do anything virtual because it's so hard to try to like um, live with the other actors and be there. Um, I've done it. Um, I have a show coming up May 30th. It's called It's A and you can definitely check it out. Um, I put it in my bio on my Instagram, really Nikki TV. And so 
I have done it. Um, and it is doable, but y'all know it's something about being in the room with people and that's just life in general. Like, um, you can have a good conversation with somebody via the telephone, but you can have a great conversation with them, like sitting with them and dining with them and being in the same room with them. It just makes a huge difference. And so, yeah. So said all of that to say, I am back this week. How are y'all doing? How y'all doing? Thank you to everybody who has been subscribing. Thank you to everybody who has been sharing that they're listening. Um, I do not take that for granted at all. So I see y'all. Thank you so much for your support. I appreciate y'all. I really do. So let's go to the red carpet. What are they talking about on the red carpet? First things first. Um, first thing I saw today was Amazon buys MGM. So before I get into all of that, I just want to know, like, Amazon, can y'all buy me? I, I, I am for sale. <laughs> okay, so Amazon acquired MGM for $8.45 billion. I don't know why I said $8.45 $8.45 billion. And so <clears throat> basically, um, it, it will help preserve the heritage and the catalog of films that MGM owns. Um, and so with that, like Amazon is acquiring like up to 4,000 more movies, 17,000 shows, like literally that is a boss move. Because if you think about it, um, a lot of these, I don't know if they're considered networks, right? What What is the online... TV network considered. I have no no idea. But a lot of these um platforms are like in competition with each other. So Netflix, Hulu, um Amazon Prime, like all of them are like they they want to like provide the best content. And so for Amazon to acquire MGM, um that is a huge boss move cuz Amazon is already like up there. I have been tuning in to Amazon because they have um the underground. The underground railroad is on there. Um and something else that I've been binge watching that I can't wait to talk to y'all about in a few moments. So that is a major boss move. Okay. So the next thing that is on the red carpet that people are talking about um, is Layla Roshan's daughter, Asia. So if you know um, Layla Roshan, she is an actress. She was very, very popular um, in the 90s. She was in Waiting to Exhale. She played Robin in Waiting to Exhale. Bombshell, beautiful woman. Um, remember Waiting to Exhale when Troy was like, um, you know, waiting for her and she wouldn't come down. And she was like, if you don't take your... Um, leather wearing in the summertime. <laughs> that is always my favorite line. <laughs> but um, yeah, so beautiful woman. Um, her husband is director Antoine uh, Fuqua. Um, their daughter went to prom, and Layla Rashawn put on her, put on her Instagram that I wasn't sure why I saved the dress, but now I know why. Their daughter wore her mom's 
famous red dress to prom. And it's beautiful. Oh my goodness, it's so beautiful. Um now she, you know, she's not as showing as much cleavage as, you know, her mom was when her mom wore it because definitely her mom was a grown woman when she wore it and um she's just going to prom. But it's so beautiful. It's so classic. It's a beautiful red satin dress um, with a pretty shawl. Um, her mom had on gloves when she wore it. She's not wearing gloves. Um, but it's just extremely beautiful and sentimental. Y'all know I love a sentimental act. Like, I just love it. Um, and she looks just like her mom. She looks just like her mom. And so... I love to see it. Um, it made me think, what can I save? So I did not save, um, well, this isn't her prom dress. So this is just a dress from life. Um, but I do have my wedding dress. So I wonder if India will want to either get married in that or just like, I don't know, restyle it and wear it to like an event or something. But it does have my wheels turning. Like what is... um. A, a beautiful piece of clothing that I can like um, rock sometime soon and then just literally preserve for India to, to wear maybe to prom. I don't know, somewhere, but I love that. I love to see it. I just, ugh, I'm looking at the pictures right now on Instagram and it's just black excellence. I love it on so many levels. So um, shout out to Layla. Shout out to her daughter, Asia. She looks so beautiful going to prom. Um, I love to see it. Okay, so what else is on the red carpet? Yesterday, Yvonne Orji's first book, Bamboozled by Jesus, came out and I was all set and ready to go to the bookstore today to get my copy, but the bookstore that I want to go to, um, they have some renovations going on, so they're not open um, until Friday. So I am still going to go to the bookstore, even though, even though it's like tempting just to like go on Amazon and get it. I am so committed to going to a black owned bookstore to purchase my copy. Um, I'm specifically going to semicolon here in Chicago. And so, um, I asked the owner to put me a book to the side, and she did. So I will be there Friday to pick up my copy of Bamboos by Jesus. But shout out to Yvonne Orji. Um, I've been following her on Instagram this past couple of days, and um, just seeing the press that she's doing. I think she went to the Ellen show yesterday. Um, she's just really rocking it. So I pray this book does great things for her. Um, and... I am starting a book club. I'm starting a summer book club, literally for June, July, August. Um, so far, it's about, I want to say, 12 of us, 12 women. Um, and we decided that we're going to get together and read for the summer and discuss these books. And Bamboozled by Jesus is our first book. It's our book of the month for the month of June. So um, we will definitely be diving into that. Um, I, so I am reading, what am I reading right now? A Short Walk by Alice Childress. And so it's May 26th today. So I need to hurry up and try to finish it before June 1st. Or if not, I'll be reading two books at one time, whatever. Um, but I'm super excited about that. I told y'all I have been 
intentional about planning for seasons and summer is my favorite season. So I've been uh, writing down like, what are my goals for the summer? What do I, I want to do? Um, how do I want my life to look? And one of them was, I want to read books um, and I want to be in a room having intelligent conversations with women. And so I put two and two together. Hey, let's just do a book club for the summer. Um, and let's get together once a month at the end of the month and talk about the book. And so it's, you know, easy, low commitment because some of us are moms. Some of us are like just busy um, in life. Some of us just, you know, like haven't read a book in so long. And so um, summer is usually lighter. Um, life is more free. Um you know, you don't have the harshness of winter if you live in Chicago like me. And so I wanted us to just uh, use that time and just, you know, get together and discuss these books. So that is on my summer bucket list. And so far, it looks like it's actually going to happen. And I say that because I tried to do this like three years ago and it was like an epic fail. Like all my friends let me down. And if you're listening, you know who you are. No. <laughs> But everybody let me down. Um, but then this go round since the pandemic, everybody's like, yes, I want to be together. I want to read together. I want to come. I want to make charcuterie boards and sit in the backyard and drink wine and discuss books. And I was like, come on, baby. Come on, babies. Let's do it. So um, I'm excited for that for sure. <clears throat> so what else is on the red carpet um, I did not watch This Is Us last night. Um, it came on an hour later. And if you know me, I'm like up at like six o'clock in the morning. So that means like by eight o'clock, I'm tired. And so it usually comes on at eight o'clock. And so the fact that it was coming on at nine o'clock, I was like, ain't no way in the world I'm going to make it. So, um... I haven't watched it yet, so I do plan to check it out. I, I have seen like things online already that's like telling me what it's about. So <laughs> I'm going to um, check it out probably today. I don't know. And I'm saying that because so I randomly discovered that Derrick Rose is in the playoffs and... <laughs> Since I discovered that fact like two days ago, I am now committed to watching the playoffs. And the game is tonight. And I know for a fact that I'm going to watch the game tonight. And that's so crazy because like I was telling my husband, if you grew up in Chicago in the 90s, like playoff season was not a game. Like, and so the fact that like I just randomly happened to be watching the game the other day with my husband and I was like, wait, is that Derrick Rose? And he was like, oh, yeah, he plays for the, you know, Brooklyn Nets. And that's his old coach, um, Tom Thibodeau. And other dude, I forgot his name, is from the Bulls as well. And I was like, wait a minute. So you mean tell me it's like a, a mini Bulls thing happening right now in Brooklyn? He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm watching the game and Spike Lee is, you know, there and Tracy Morgan. And it just like took me back to like... Being in Chicago in the 90s and the Bulls and the playoffs and us just winning so many championships. And so I was like, I want that old thing back. You know what? 
I'm a Brooklyn fan. Hashtag bandwagon. It is what it is. And so, um, yes, I may watch This Is Us tonight. If not tonight, then I just um, check it out sometime this week. But um, I got to watch that. And I have to watch Handmaid's Tale because, oh, my gosh. Last week's episode had me in tears. Literally had me in tears. Like June making a decision to have to leave her daughter Hannah and Gilead. Did I say that right? Gilead? Gilead? For some reason, that was like Nikki having to make a decision to leave India and Gilead. Like, that's all I kept thinking about. And it just, like, broke me. So, um, these writers, I put it on my Facebook page. Like, when they wrote this season, they, they went in their bag. Point blank, period. In their bag. So, I'm definitely going to um, come back to that because... All right, so let's discuss the Underground Railroad TV series. I have been binge watching it. How about you? Have you been watching it? Okay, so it is directed by Barry Jenkins. You all know him. He is the director of um, the movie Moonlight, which won an Oscar. Um, remember that whole debacle when like... um. Who else won? I think Lala Land had got the Oscar, and then like midway through, they realized they made a mistake, and they was like, "Wait, wait, actually, Moonlight won!" Like, and they were all sitting there like, "What?" And they was like, "No, no, you you won. Come up, the Oscar is yours." And Barry was looking like, "What?" Like it took a while like to register like we won, which quite naturally because it's like, okay, what is happening right now? Like, what is happening? Um, so, yeah. So, he is the director of the Underground Railroad TV series. Um, as I stated earlier, it is on Amazon Prime. Um, there are about, let me see, 10 episodes, I want to say. Yes, 10 episodes. I have just started episode five, which is entitled um, Tennessee Exodus. So, um the series stars a actress by the name of Thuso Mbedu. Um, she's from South Africa. Um, 29 years old. I, I really enjoy looking at her um, and watching her do her thing. Um, so here is the synopsis of the Underground Railroad. After escaping a Georgia plantation, Cora boards a train embarking on a how howling trip as she seeks true freedom while being hunted by a notorious slave catcher. So we have discussed this in a previous episode about people not wanting to um, watch create black pain. And the Underground Railroad definitely falls under that category of black pain. But I, so I recently discovered why I feel the way I do. I was telling somebody, um, we were out to eat the other day for my friend's birthday, um, one of which is my acting coach and mentor. And I was telling her that I think it's important that, you know, this type of work is created because you don't want to get to a place where you don't forget. Um, wait, did I say that right? When you don't remember um, history. And so 
that's why I think I am like adamant about like, yes, let's create these stories from the 18th century. Let's show them how slavery was like, that's where I stand on it. But a lot of people are like, we've seen enough. We don't want to create this. This isn't the only black narrative that should be out there. And I get that. I get that as well. Um, but I enjoy the Underground Railroad. Um, I feel like uh, Barry has done a great job of uh, directing. Um, I can tell that it was done with care and that he preceded it um, with care, you know, and, and was maybe cautious about where we are in a world where people are um, hesitant to take that type of black pain in. Um, yeah, but I think it's, it's necessary. I, you know, I don't know y'all. Um, but an episode that has stood out the most to me, um, so far is episode three. Um, and this episode is entitled North Carolina and Cora finds herself getting off of the train because in this case, the Underground Railroad is reimagined as an actual railroad, an actual train that that takes enslaved people to freedom. And so she finds herself at the last stop, which, which happens to be North Carolina. Um, and there's a man, a white man, at the station underground. And he's like, you know, you don't, you don't want to come here. Like, you should have stayed in South Carolina. Um and so she insists on like, no, I have to come with you. I can't go back to South Carolina, you know, all that stuff. And so as they, you know, go into town, he's like, you know, you have to hide, hide in my wagon. Um, and he's explaining to her that no black people are allowed in North Carolina, period. Um, and so as we go further into the episode, um, it comes out that like North Carolina has... Um, basically proclaimed to be a pure state and they believe that black people are impure and so they don't care if you are enslaved or if you are a free black person they don't want you in their state period and so they kill all black people and they kill white people who help black people um, and so they're riding through like this um, forest and there's bodies like just hanging everywhere. Bodies of black people, bodies of white people who um, may have been abolitionists trying to help them as well. And so it's just like, so she's looking like, what the heck? So he takes her home, um, puts her in her, in the upper attic. So there's like a, a, a pretend attic and then there's like the real, real attic above it. Um, and his wife is like freaking out, you know, like if we get caught, they're going to hang both of us, you know, um, as well as this woman, this black woman you brought home. And so he puts her in the attic um, and in the attic is another um, enslaved little girl and her name is Grace. And, you know, I think she's, maybe she's mixed, but you know, back then it's like if an ounce of black is in you, you're black. And so, um, which the little girl, I believe the little girl who, who's playing Grace 
is Hannah from The Handmaid's Tale. I believe that's June's daughter. Let me let me do some research because I was sitting there looking at her like she looks so familiar. Um, okay, so the girl who plays um, Grace, her name is Michael Bella um, Bowman. So let me see. Is this is this her? Um, this looks like her. Let me see. It looks so much like her. Hold on. Let me see. Um, I'm on her IMDb right now. Um, okay, it's not saying if it's her. So maybe it's not her. This has to be her. I'm sorry. This this has to be. I'm sure of it. Okay, let me just try something else. Let me try something else. Um, okay, Hannah Handmaid's Tale actress. Is this the same? Oh, it's not. Okay, wait a minute. It's it's not her. Okay. So they look alike. Okay. I thought I was on to something. Okay. <laughs> but um so the girl the little girl Grace is um in the attic and she is, you know, teaching Cora like the the ways and stuff of how she's made it and she was just telling her, you know, you want to keep that lid closed. That's why I go to the bathroom. It can get you know, stinky, especially in the summertime. And Cora was like, wait, summertime? How long have you been up here? And so the girl doesn't answer, but, um, you know, a, a few weeks later, she, Cora asked the man, like, you know, I have to get out of here. I gotta go, I gotta keep going. Like, I can't just live in your attic. And he's like, no, like, I can't, I can't help you there's no way I can get you out of here. There's nowhere for me to take you. I told you not to come here. I begged you not to come here. And so he tells them, you know, I got to go. I got to go to the ceremony. While I'm gone, you and, you know, uh, Grace take a bath while I'm gone, whatever. And so um, him and his wife leave the house. They take a bath. They go to um, they go to the ceremony. Him and his wife go to the ceremony. And they... Not Hannah. Um, Grace and Cora are looking out of this peephole in the attic at the ceremony. And basically the ceremony is some white boy in town um, caught a black woman trying to run away. An enslaved black woman. And they are basically promoting him to like a higher position. And they are preparing to kill the black woman. And so they're quoting scripture and just saying how like... We have to keep uh, North Carolina pure. This is a purest country, um, a purest state. And, you know, this is why we have to kill this impure woman. And so Cora and Grace see the ceremony. Um, it catches Cora off guard. And Grace, you know, who's the, the baby, about 11, she's like, oh, I should have warned you. Yeah, that's what they do, you know. And so... Um, 
Fast forward to the end of the episode, basically the slave catcher um, somehow comes to this house and he's looking for Cora and um, the the husband, the guy who brought her in is sick. He's sick with like the, the flu or the pox, something like that. And he's like, you don't want to go to my house right now. I am, you know, um, I'm sick. You can get infected. It's contagious, you know, and they're like, you know, saying you have to go in the house. Meanwhile, we have to get in the house. We don't care. Meanwhile, his wife is trying to sneak um, Cora back up to the attic. Um, a little black boy who is accompanying the slave catcher sees her and makes a huge thing. And, you know, the cover is blue. Um, they they bring everybody out um, and they are attempt, they're about to hang the wife and um, the husband and all that stuff. And so the community gets really, 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 really angry. One lady um, who suspected it, she was, you know, I suspected it because who was eating all that food I was cooking for you guys and da da da, da. and she gets so angry that she throws um a fireball into the house to 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 burn the house down because it's so impure. And Cora looks up and sees that the house is on fire and just loses it because Grace, the little girl, is still in the attic. And so, you know, she passes away. And so um that episode just stood out to me for so many reasons because I don't know how, um, you know, I don't know how factual that is about North Carolina. Like, I definitely want to do my research, but that is some tripped out stuff. Like, the, to, the, to the point where, like, they thought that black people were so impure that they didn't even want black slaves. So they had the um, Irish be their slaves instead because they was just like, no, black people are so impure. It's going to just destroy our our country. It's going to destroy our state. And so we don't even want y'all here. We'll we'll make the Irish slaves. Y'all can't even be here. Like that is on a whole nother level of like insanity to me. Um, And then the fact that like, you know, they're saying like our brothers in South Carolina have, you know, decided to accept the Negro and we're going to pray for them. You know, like it was just, just flipped out. Um, I'm curious as to where did the little girl Grace come from? Um, And Again, like I said, she looked like she was a mixed little girl to me. And so that's something that Alice Childress is talking about in this book I'm reading. Is was that, you know, white women, they during that time, they never thought that their husband could be attracted to a black woman. Now, if it was a mixed black woman, then they definitely thought, Oh yeah, he could be attracted to her because she looks white. But they never would consider that how do you think mixed people got here in the first place? Somebody had to be sleeping with somebody black, right? And so um, that's just something that, you know, I wish they would have went, went a little bit deeper into the story of Grace and where did she come from? Um, where did he find her? How did she get there? Like, was, was that his daughter? Like, I just wish they probably would have, you know... Um, 
brought out her storyline a little bit more. Um, but I am committed to finishing um all 10 episodes. And like I said earlier, um, well not earlier, but in a few episodes prior, uh Barry Jenkins said that this will be the one and only season. So, you know, I'm sure answers will be questions will be answered um in upcoming episodes because this is it. This is the one and only season. So I'm curious. I have questions that need answers for sure. Um, so yeah, let me know. Are you checking out the Underground Railroad? Um, how do you feel about it? Is it too much um, Black pain, Black trauma for you? Um, or are you able to, to take it in? Um, let me know. All right. All right, y'all. Let's show some old school love. I only think it's right that we highlight Leela Rashawn. Forgive me for saying her name as Layla earlier. Um, so I have this thing where like sometimes I pronounce things like how they would be pronounced in Spanish. <laughs> and that's because I did study Spanish for a while. I even went to Mexico for a while um, in college. I went to Oaxaca and so... Even though I'm looking at L-E-L-A in like an English that's clearly Leela, I still went for Leela because, yeah. So forgive me. Um, needless to say, let's show some old school love to Leela Roshan. Okay. So Leela was born in Los Angeles, California. In 1964, she is 57 years old. So I know I said that we may know her from Waiting to Exhale, but she was actually in Harlem Nights first. Then she was in Boomerang. Um, that's really where we know her from. I forgot about that, Boomerang. Um, and then Waiting to Exhale. And so um, then I totally forgot. Like I feel like Waiting to Exhale and her character um, Robin Stokes just like, clouds my mind of anything else she's done but I loved her and why do fools fall in love so we're gonna go we're gonna talk about that a little later so okay because y'all know I'm big on legacy I'm big on lineage um let's just highlight her parents so she is the daughter of her mother's name is Zelma her mother as it says is a nurse practitioner um and her dad Samuel Staples was a business owner and a graphic artist. She graduated from Cerritos High School in Cerritos, California in 1982. After that, she attended California State University where she earned her BA in broadcast journalism with minors in sociology and theater. Hmm, I love that. In 2016, Roshan returned to California State University to give the commencement speech. That is so dope. Oh my gosh. So um, she has two children with the director, um, Antoine Foucault, um, Asia and Brando. Okay, so there is a YouTube clip that I was just watching before this of um, Oprah from the Oprah Winfrey show where the entire cast of Waiting to Exhale 
is on there, including Terry McMillan, who we know um, wrote the book Waiting to Exhale. So if you get a moment, go and check that out. It's so cool. Um, as you know, um, Whitney Houston is in Waiting to Exhale. So it's very sentimental for many reasons. But um, anytime you see Auntie Whitney, oh, it just makes it even more um, sentimental. But uh, Lila Rashad was in Why Do Foods Fall in Love, which is one of my favorite films of all time. Um, that film came out in 1998. It is about the life of Frank Frankie Lyman. Um, Frankie Lyman was a singer in the 50s, I believe. Like, I don't know much about Frankie Lyman, even though I'm like old school um, like that. Um, my old school reaches back to like Motown. So, um, but thanks to that film, I, you know, learned a lot about Frankie Lyman and his, and his life. Um, Frankie Lyman was played by Lorenz Tate, my fellow Chicago actor. Woo woo. He from the West Side though, but you know, it's, it's cool. Um, it also stars Holly Berry, um, Vivica Fox, and like I said, Leela Rochon. Um, and also Little Richard, Little Richard was in that movie. So, if you get a chance, uh, if you have not seen Why Do Fools Fall in Love, go and check it out. Um, like I said, Leela is so good in that movie. And I just, like, if I could do the perfect film, that would be one of them. Because one, I'm always just trying to do a biopic. Like, that's a goal. I want to do a biopic. But then the time it was set in... And then, like, the setting. So, like, um, Leela's character is from the South. And so, y'all know I'm just, you know, Mississippi mud. I love the South. Um, my family is from Mississippi and Memphis and all that stuff. And so, um, Leela, Leela's um, character, I specifically remember that setting a lot because um, she's gardening and she's cooking and she's just, you know, the, the Southern Belle. Um but then Holly Berry's character, which in the movie, she plays um, Zola Taylor, who was a, a superstar singer. And so she is like living this glamorous life. And she has that old school um, 1960s L.A. home. She has a, a beautiful view of the city and the pool and stuff. And that's where I want to find myself, too. And so, like, I feel like that movie would have been so cool to film just because of, like, the locations and stuff, um, the settings, the costumes, and it was just a lot. If you get a chance, check out Why the Food Swat in Love. Check out Leela and Waiting to Exhale. Check her out in Boomerang. Um, she's also on Any Given Sunday. So, she went sort of kind of, like, away. That's how I interpret it. She went away for a while and just didn't come back, right? But now as a mom, I know she went away to raise her children. She had she has two children. One is enough, okay? One will cause you to be like, you know what? I'll be back. <laughs> we see we see what Paula did. Mama Paula, Denzel's wife, she popped out foe and was like, you know what? I'm going I'm to come back after I raise these babies. Um but I understand, Leela, one, she married a director, so she was like, okay, well, you know, that's that. But then two, um, she did a lot of work. She worked a lot, but then she got promoted to, like, 
the most tasking job in the world and that's being a mom. And so I just have so much respect for her um, as a woman who um, she she did it, you know, she she made her mark in this industry and now she's raising her babies. Um, and the fact that she thought about saving that dress and didn't really know why and then, you know, her daughter wore it to prom, it just shows like, where her heart is. And um, yeah, Layla's an awesome, awesome woman. And I would love to um, work with her. You know, I don't know what her um, goals are as she prepares to become an empty nester. I don't know if she wants to get back in the film industry or I don't know if she just wants to have brunch with her friends who include uh, Mama Tina. So um I don't know what her goals are, but I would definitely love to to have a conversation with with Lila one day. But yeah, shout out to her. Check out her work. She has an awesome catalog of work. Follow her on Instagram. Um, she's definitely somebody who we should just be giving flowers to. Okay, so the only thing I have coming up is the virtual play that's entitled It's a dot dot dot. Um, I'm in that. That's on May 30th. Um, I put the link in my bio on Instagram. So tickets are pay whatever you want. Come and see me. Um, I play a big sis who's having a conversation with her little sisters at a baby shower about whether you should have children or not. Right. Crazy. Um, so that's what I have coming up. Um, other than that, I am working on, um, doing some work this summer. And it's crazy because the work that I'm doing right now is literally just prayer. So um, I was asking God as I was hiking in the mountains, what is the first step for this project that I'm um, about to get off the ground? And God literally told me pray. And so I have committed the month of May to not doing any work for this specific project. Um, except for prayer. And so it feels weird sometimes when I wake up and I come in the office and I'm ready to do work for it. And God is like, "Mm -mm, just pray. And so I'm like, okay, I feel so unproductive. But I know that that is like as productive as it gets. I know that that is setting the the strongest foundation ever for um, this particular project. And so, and it was crazy because um, one of the people who I want to reach out to for this project. She was in town this past weekend. Um, she lives in Atlanta, but she just happened to be in Chicago. And I was like, oh, good. I could meet with her and, you know, and, and just ask her if she wants to be involved. And so literally she was like, yeah, I, I can meet early Sunday. Um, and I couldn't meet early Sunday. And so I knew then that God was like, that's because you're not supposed to be talking about it. You're not supposed to be doing any work for this except for praying. And so I was like, I wrote her back. I said, hey, let's just talk sometime in June, um, you know, and so that's that. So I'm praying for this next project that I am about to um, <sighs> put my heart and soul into. So praying for this next endeavor. Um, and I'm also just, uh, like I said earlier, getting back into the work of, uh, submitting my headshot and resume and um, the world is slowly opening back up. And so I am in that 
space of, um, yeah, putting myself back out there and trying not to uh, look at um, who's booking what and um, what I'm not booking and and, and not compare um, my journey to anyone else's. Just really trying to make sure that I'm being the best uh, steward of this gift that God has given me. Um, So that's where I'm at now and preparing for summer, making sure that um, my heart's desires are fulfilled this summer. Um, so that's that. And then also preparing to make sure my child um, is busy this summer. So that's where I'm at. It's such a weird space with COVID and time and plans and the world slowly opening back up and people getting vaccinated. But when you have a toddler, it's like, well, she's not vaccinated, you know, so it's just a weird space and time to be in for sure. But this too shall pass. So whew, just got to breathe it through. Pray and trust. But it's an interesting, interesting time for sure. All right, y'all. So I'm going to end this episode right here. Um, in the meantime, I am posting on Instagram. Not really, but yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> um, I took a little break, but um, follow me on Instagram, really Nikki TV. And like I said, I am um, preparing to um, hopefully do a live recording of this. Um, if you're in Chicago, I would love for you to to check it out. So, um, yeah. Keep that in the back of your head. And until we meet again, peace.